It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's rare to see a team trade a top draft pick before the end of their rookie contract, but it's not unheard of. And if the Washington Commanders don't pick up Chase Young's fifth-year option, that's exactly one avenue they could decide to take. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. Please subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts so you always get the latest episodes when they drop. I'm David Harrison, credential member of the media covering the Commanders for Commander Country, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. You can find me there, here, or on Twitter at dharrison82. And I want to thank you for making this show your first listen or your first view of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. There's a new candidate to buy the Washington Commanders that was revealed on Wednesday, and we've got a special edition mock draft Thursday coming for you, all brought on by our first topic today, which is what the Washington Commanders could do if they don't pick up Chase Young's fifth-year option. And that is trade him. That's just one thing that they could potentially do, uh, of course. And this is really a continuation of our previous episode. Previously, we went through and we kind of identified the Washington Commanders players that were losers following the first wave of free agency and kind of detailed why Chase Young is kind of a loser coming out of this first wave because of the deal uh, given to defensive tackle uh, Deron Payne and what it means cap implication-wise monetarily for the franchise and how it kind of puts them in a bind where they either have to choose to re-sign Montez Sweat to a multi-year deal or pick up Chase Young's fifth-year option. Now, there are some financial gymnastics they could do where they could do both. That is certainly uh, an avenue and an approach that we can cover. But really, I wanted to kind of dive into this realm because, to be quite honest with you guys, this is what I would do if I were the Washington Commanders. And look, let's, let's, let's qualify Everything right up front. I'm not a coach. I'm not inside the, the meeting rooms every single day uh, on all those things. So I'm only being able to, I can only judge the situation from what I see, what I hear, uh, and what I think I know. So full disclosure, you know what I mean? The, the team inside the building could be thinking something completely different, but this is just kind of how uh, I see things. And and what I would start off by doing is signing Montez Sweat to a multi-year deal. And I would do it kind of Terry McLaurin style, which I think was kind of a stroke of genius where I can start paying out the bonuses this year, but really the new contract salary money doesn't start till next season. So uh, when you look at Terry McLaurin's new contract, really the new years for salary purposes don't start till this season. 2023 is when he gets his first kind of salary bump, uh, so to speak. But the signing bonus from the contract started last season. So you're kind of getting some of that signing bonus money out of the way early. It helps you spread out that cap hit uh, a little bit. And for Montez Sweat, you do that. You pay him a little bit of that bonus this year. Bumps up his cap number just a little bit, but you've got Deron Payne on a $10 million cap hit. Then next year, the salary increase starts and more of the bonus money comes through. But now you've got him on a lower reduced cap hit number 
while Deron Payne's number uh, inflates a little bit. That's how you can kind of get around some of the gymnastics financially of that. But if that signals the end of the time with Chase Young with the Washington Commanders, then to me, there's no better time than now. If everybody's going to move on and if that's kind of what's written on the wall and that's the path ahead of the end of this road, let's just do it now. Let's just get this thing out of the way. Get it done. I've chronicled, I've chronicled why you prioritize Sweat over Young. Uh, again, last episode, we kind of dove really, really deep into that. So if you want to know how we got here, by all means, go check that out. Uh, but I'll give you guys some some bullet points right here. Sweat has only missed uh, time in one NFL season so far, and some of that time wasn't even injury-related. It was COVID. And then, of course, he had a family tragedy that he was uh, you know, dealing with as well. Young's injury, meanwhile, took him out for more than 12 months, and he's had to have surgery on both knees now. Just three years in the league, the contrasting health uh, situation is very, very different. Sweat, meanwhile, has had seven sacks in each of his NFL seasons, was on pace to do so in 2021 when he missed the time again. Not all that injury, so I'm not kind of holding that against him, uh, so to speak, while young. Honestly, he accrued his seven and a half sacks as a rookie against some lower level competition and really hasn't been able to replicate uh, that production since even when he was healthy. So the question is, if we're re-signing Montez Sweat, okay, great. But now what are you going to get for Chase Young, right? Because in theory, if you keep him, if you if you keep him this year and he balls out and you even let him walk as an unrestricted free agent next year and he signs with the team for a fat contract, you potentially get a third round compensatory pick in 2025, right? And that's great in 2025. But if you're Ron Rivera and you're the Washington Commanders and you're this head shed, you really don't have like you can't guarantee that you're going to be here in 2025. So then you need to make a move to make your team better today. And that's where some of this motivation comes from. So what's the history here, right? What, what Chase Young was the number two overall draft pick not that long ago. So what is the history here? The last time a number two overall pick was traded before the end of his rookie deal was in 2017. And that was uh, St. Louis Rams. Uh, offensive tackle Greg Robinson, who was the number number two overall pick uh, before, go, went to was traded to the Detroit Lions for a sixth round pick. That's, that's terrible compensation, but it kind of shows you the situation that the Rams and Greg Robinson were in. So that's the last time a number two overall pick was traded. It was 2017. He wasn't, that wasn't the year he was drafted, but that's the year that he was traded. Now, the most recent trade of a top five pick edge rusher was when the Denver Broncos traded a 2018 fifth over or traded their 2018 fifth overall pick, Bradley Chubb, to the Miami Dolphins. In that deal, they had a 2023 first round pick that originally belonged to the San Francisco 49ers and then subsequently traded that pick to the Seattle Seahawks as part of the Russell Wilson deal. So now that first-round pick is in Seattle. Denver also got running back Chase Edmonds, uh, who is now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they got a 2024 fourth-round pick in exchange for Chubb, and they sent a 2025 fifth-round pick with Chubb to the Miami Dolphins. So that's a much better trade package for a a top-five edge rusher uh, that was recently Trade at least relatively recently traded, right? Um, now, the most similar type situation I think that we have to look at as a, as a case study here happened in 2018. And it was a trade between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Los Angeles Rams, where the Rams actually acquired the player in question and the Jaguars traded away the player. Dante Fowler was that player, former Florida edge rusher, 2015 number three overall pick. So Chase Young, number two overall pick, Fowler, number three overall pick. The Rams got Dante Fowler. They sent the Jacksonville Jaguars a 2019 third-round pick and a 2020 fifth-round pick. Now, why I think that this is the trade that we have to look at as kind of the closest case study? Well, if you look at the two players, they're very, very similar. Fowler, through three seasons uh, with the Los Angeles Rams, lost a full year to an ACL injury, played in 32 games, had 53 tackles, 
12 tackles for loss, 12 sacks. Chase Young through three seasons, also lost a full year to an ACL injury, actually a little over a year to an ACL injury, played in 27 games, so five games fewer, had 75 tackles, 22 tackles more, 12 tackles for a loss, the same as Fowler, and nine sacks, which is three sacks less than Fowler. So very similar situations here are these two top three draft picks from their specific classes, both edge rushers, uh, both had their their, their fifth-year options decline. Uh, One of them ends up on the move. I think given the similarities, you have to also acknowledge that Fowler's production, so the numbers that you do have from Fowler, happened after the ACL, right? Dante Fowler injured his ACL in his rookie training camp. I think it was training camp. um, Missed his entire rookie season. So his production, the 53 tackles, 12 for a loss, 12 sacks, came after his ACL injury completely. Chase Young, his ACL injury happened after most of this production has already happened. So there's a little bit of a of a decline there. So if we're looking at that case study, but also acknowledging that this isn't an apples to apples uh, Dante Fowler situation, I think if you're watching it, what you target is two fourth round picks. You target a 2023 fourth round pick and a 2024 fourth round pick. Condition, I would shoot for a conditional that could turn into a 2024 third round pick if Chase Young goes to whatever team we trade him to uh, and does well. So who could that trade partner be? I'm going to give you those options. We're going to pick a trade partner coming up next, and we're going to run through a special mock draft Thursday to see what all that might look like as well. That's coming up next on this episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time for you to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. It's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. And if you've already registered in the past, pick it up, start playing again. Trust me, they've got all kinds of bonus bet options and incentives for people who are already signed up to continue playing with FanDuel. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. The Sweet 16 teams, the Sweet 16 teams are taking the floor Thursday and Friday, earning a spot to the Elite Eight or fighting for a spot in the Elite Eight of the NCAA tournament. Right now, Creighton has the biggest win margin projection to beat Princeton, while Michigan State, favored to defeat the higher-seeded Kansas State Wildcats, has the smallest window uh, or spread of margin of victory predicted by FanDuel. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at bigger payouts with same-game parlays. So don't miss your chance at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks again for making the Locked On Commanders Podcast first listen or your first view every single day. Now, I presented the idea of trading Chase Young, re-signing Montez Sweat, moving forward with your defensive line that way. So that contract, again, there's there's a lot of different ways, but SpotTrack kind of has Montez Sweat projected, makes $16.6 million per year on average. So again, that's the average value, right? Doesn't mean that $16 million every year against the cap, but 
that's kind of the deal that you're looking at signing Montez Sweat. It gives you Jonathan Allen through 2025, Deron Payne through 2025, 2026, and then you ink Montez Sweat to a deal that takes you out through 2025, 2026 uh, as well. Do a Terry McLaurin style. You front load some of the bonus money, and then you spread out the salary money uh, a little bit later so that you're paying each guy kind of a, a lump sum uh, every year. But then you also have another guy who's kind of on a lower uh, amount as well to offset all those cap implications. So getting back to the trade scenario, because that's kind of the biggest part of this idea, right? I, I told you before, like if I was a Washington commanders, I would be going out kind of looking at the Dexter Fowler model. The, the Jacksonville Jaguars got a third and a fifth acknowledging the chase young's injury has come later in his career versus Dante Fowler and Dante. I think it said Dexter Fowler, Dante Fowler's production came after the ACL while chase young's production came largely before the ACL. I think you got to lower that asking price a little bit. I'm going to come right in the middle and ask for two fourths. Uh, I'm going to ask for a this year fourth. I'm going to ask for a next year fourth, but I am going to ask the receiving team to make next year's fourth, a conditional pick. And if chase young comes in and does well, plays a certain amount of games, hits a certain amount of sack numbers, something like that, that pick then turns into a third round pick. So I could still possibly get my third round pick, but I could possibly not get my third round pick. The reason you're going to give me two fourths is you're not paying both draft capital uh, assets in the same year. I'm going to let you defer one of those payments, but because we're deferring one of those payments, that price comes up just a little bit. So I, to me, it sounds fair, but of course I'm negotiating against myself. So let's go forward with this two fourths, one next year, uh, automatically paying more again to, to spread out the draft capital hit. I want to target AFC teams, right? I don't want to see Chase Young playing in the NFC because I don't want to potentially face him in the playoffs if I can avoid it. Uh, I also don't want him on my schedule this year if I can avoid that as well. So I'm targeting the AFC teams that I'm not playing if I'm Washington this season that need an edge rusher and might be in the market for making a deal like this. So looking through the team needs, uh, looking through who might need an edge and who might want an edge. And also could be could be interested in doing a fourth round type deal with me. I identify the Kansas City Chiefs as one of those teams. The Los Angeles Chargers is one of those teams and the Tennessee Titans. Those are the three teams that I settled on. The problem here is the Tennessee Titans don't have a fourth round pick. Now I could sit here and play around and shift the numbers here, shift the numbers there. And in reality, the commanders and Titans could do that. I'm not going to go that deep into the simulation. So I'm going to focus in on the Chiefs and the Chargers. The Chargers have picked number 125 in the fourth round. The Chiefs have number 134 in the fourth round. It's a pretty simple decision for me. So I shoot out a trade through the pro football focused draft machine, draft simulator. I offer up uh, a trade for number 125 for the Los Angeles Chargers, and they accept. So in that trade, I, as the Washington Commanders, get 2023 fourth round pick, number 125 from the Los Angeles Chargers, and I get a 2024 fourth round pick. Now, again, in my conversation, I want this to be conditional. PFF, there's no such thing as conditional draft picks. So it just goes down as a fourth round uh, draft pick. In exchange, the Los Angeles Chargers, they get Chase Young, and they try to run him out there uh, with Joey Bosa and see if they can do some damage in the AFC West. We're friends with the Kansas City Chiefs. If I'm Ron Rivera and Andy Reid and all that, sorry, dude. I got to do what's best for my team. Maybe we can talk again later. Now we hit Now we hit the NFL draft weekend. I've got the number 16th pick. When that comes up, I look at the board, and actually, guys, I decided to trade that as well. I'm team trade back in the first round. You're, you need to get used to that idea anyway. So I'm trading back. I look for a trade partner. I find the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, in that trade, I'm going to get number 24. I'm going to get number 56. I'm going to get number 185. All of those picks coming this year. And I'm going to get a 2024 six-rounder uh, to spice the deal up just a little bit. In, in exchange, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to get 16, and they're going to get 97 from me that is proposed to PFF. 
PFF accepted it. I did not force that trade. You should be able to replicate it if you want to check my work. Now, the Jacksonville Jaguars straightened up to number 16. They select Alabama safety Brian Branch. Penn State Joe, cornerback Joey Porter comes off the board, as does Maryland cornerback Deontay Banks. Utah tight end Dalton Kincaid and Georgia offensive tackle Broderick Jones between picks 16 and 24. So those are the players that I could potentially be interested in uh, at pick number 24. They're no longer there, but Oklahoma offensive tackle Anton Harrison is. So at number 24, I take my, my offensive tackle out of Oklahoma, Anton Harrison. Come back to number 47, and I select Northwestern Edge, Adetamiwa Adabare. Number 56, I grab Illinois safety, Sidney Brown. Number 118, guys, I looked, and I just I was not impressed with the top end of the, of the players that were still left. I looked down a little bit. I said, you know what? There's some players later on. I'm not really going to be too concerned about the guys that get drafted here. So let's see if we can trade uh, back. Again, the Kansas City Chiefs come calling again. I say, you know what? Let me hook you up. We, we, we didn't get to send you Chase, but we'll send you number 118. We send the Kansas City Chiefs number 118. They send us back 122 and a six-round pick in 2024. They select Boise State safety J.L. Skinner with that pick. Of course, we just had Illinois safety Cindy Brown in the previous round, so we're good with them taking uh, a safety there. At number 122, we take Ole Miss running back Zach Evans. And at number 125, we take Michigan center Olushagun Olawatimi. And that is our four-round mocks. I didn't get into fifth, sixth, seventh rounds uh, and all that stuff. I want to kind of keep this clean, keep this kind of a little bit simple. Those are the crux of the deal, right? So our 2023 NFL draft class after four rounds looks like this with all of these simulated trades. In this simulation, in this mock draft Thursday special edition, Washington Commanders, uh, I'm taking control of this organization. I'm trading defensive end Chase Young to the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm trading number 16, number 97 to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I'm trading number 118 to the Kansas City Chiefs. But in exchange for those things, I'm receiving Oklahoma offensive tackle Anton Harrison, Northwestern edge Adetamiwa Adabari, Illinois safety Sidney Brown, Ole Miss running back Zach Evans, Michigan center Olushigan Oluwatimi, and I'm getting a 2024 fourth-round pick that could be a third-round pick, a 2024 sixth-round pick from the Jacksonville Jaguars, and a 2024 sixth-round pick from the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's kind of the mock trade scenario. We've got two draft weekend trades. We've got one trade ahead uh, of, of draft weekend with Chase Young. I mean, maybe that trade gets made on draft weekend as well. Who knows? But either way, to me, that looks like a route that you can go. You get yourself kind of an edge rusher of the future. You know that James Smith, Williams, Casey Tuhill can fill in in a pinch and do it fairly well because they've done it. You get yourself some more help on the offensive line. You get another safety big nickel type with Sidney Brown, another running back to help out Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson Jr., another interior offensive lineman. Nick Gates is there, Andrew Norwell. Uh, I predict that uh, Sam Cosme is going to be moving inside, but injuries happen. You don't know how the Nick Gates uh, signing is going to work out, Andrew Norwell, et cetera, et cetera. So you get yourself some more depth there uh, coming out of Michigan. And you got yourself a fourth-round pick that could be a third-round pick and two more six-round picks next year that you can use for depth players, or you can package that with other stuff uh, and trade up as well in the 2024 NFL draft. So let me know what you think about that whole, whole scenario down in the comments, or you can always email me uh, or you can hit me up on Twitter at dharrison82. Next up, we're going to talk news as a new candidate has entered the conversation to potentially purchase the Washington Commanders. That's next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. 
Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Washington Commanders sale waters are not getting warm enough for a lot of people. A lot of us are getting impatient. I understand the impatience, the anxiety, the the anticipation of what's uh, potentially come, but the waters are getting pretty full. According to Adam Schefter and Brian Windhorse of ESPN, Canadian billionaire Steve Apostolopoulos, I think I'm hoping I said that right, Steve Apostolopoulos has entered the race to become the next owner of the Washington Commanders. Now, according to their report on ESPN.com, quote, Apostolopoulos is the founder of Six Ventures Incorporated, a private equity venture fund. Fund. He was born in Toronto, attended Harvard, and contributes to a wide variety of philanthropic organizations end quote uh so i don't know a whole lot about him obviously this news just came out kind of wednesday not sure what the group uh, that he is is with is is in but you know look i was on with adam epstein uh, on local dc radio richmond radio uh on wednesday afternoon to talk about this this very this exact story and i think that uh the the very first question when you hear this story that a, a canadian billionaire uh is looking to potentially purchase the team is will apostolopoulos want to move the team to canada I mean, it's a fair question. What I would say is this. I don't think the NFL is interested in Washington's franchise moving to Canada. Um, it would be interesting to see a team based in the nation's capital of the United States of America move to a foreign country. I know that the NFL, we've all known that the NFL is certainly interested uh, in football in other territories and in other countries uh, and all that stuff. But You've also heard the stories of Shad Khan, owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, wanting to potentially move his team to London. Now, I don't know how true those are. Those could just be rumors, 100%. I don't cover the Jaguars. But I would venture to say that Shad Khan has been an owner in the NFL for as long as he has and has wanted to move his team to London and has not been approved or allowed or just knows that that's not going to happen. I don't think that the Washington Commanders are going to be allowed to leave D.C. This franchise has a, has a long history here. And again, this is the team that's in the nation's capital. It would be very surprising to me uh, if that were the case. And I'm assuming that somehow, some way, whatever the mechanism is, uh, Apostolopoulos would have to essentially agree to that stipulation before he was approved by the other NFL owners to even buy the team. So I wouldn't be too concerned uh, about that personally. Uh, again, I can't predict the future, but to me, it just doesn't seem like something that's very likely uh, to happen, even if a Canadian uh, billionaire does end up owning the team. So now the other question uh, that Adam Epstein kind of asked me was pros and cons on the, on all the various uh, groups looking to buy the team, and I thought we'd go an extra step here. Uh, let's rank them. Let's do a power ranking here. And and you know, look, I don't know all the financial details. I don't know all the specifics of the offers being made, but we know who some of the players are, right? So number one on my power rankings list of ownership groups that I would like to see uh, purchase the Washington Commanders: Jeff Bezos and Jay Z, founder of Amazon uh, and media mogul. You know, sports. I mean, he's, he's been in sports, he's been in sports agencies. I mean, Jay Z. Sean Carter just kind of does a little bit of everything. And I got to be honest with you, it's a little bit of selfishness. I just really want to be in a press conference where Jay-Z uh, is the subject. And and that's just, that would that would be a bucket list item that I didn't even know was on my bucket list, guys, to be quite honest with you. It's just, to me, that's the coolest uh, option, right? I don't know if that's a really good barometer to use to to try to pick which, which ownership group you would prefer. But at the same time, Jeff Bezos, Jay-Z, obviously have a lot of business success behind them. 
Jay-Z has been in the sports world before, and Jeff Bezos basically just owns the world. So uh, those are my number one. That's my number one group. Uh, again, Bezos, Jay-Z, there's, there's other people involved there as well. Number two, Josh Harris and Magic Johnson, mainly because of their sports acumen, right? Magic Johnson, legendary NBA player. Um, he part or minority owner of the Los Angeles Dodgers, Josh Harris, uh, owner, you know, the, the, he owns or CEO of the company that owns the New Jersey Devils, the Philadelphia 76ers are in there. So again, a lot of sports ownership experience, uh, going on here. So, and then magic Johnson kind of brings that star power, uh, you know, that million dollar smile and all that stuff that you want, um, from a media and an entertainment aspect. So they're my number two group. The third one, Tillman for Tita, for Tita, I mean, Look, you, you got to give them, you know, credit where credit is due. But as of right now, does not have the star power. Maybe you can get Justin Bieber or something to join in uh, as a minority owner. I don't know. Justin Timberlake is a minority owner of like the Milwaukee Bucks, I think. So maybe he wants a part uh, of the of the Washington Panthers. And then I got Apostolopoulos coming in late and also coming in at the bottom of uh, my power rankings for potential ownership groups for the Washington Commanders. So uh, it's not the news you wanted. It's the news you got. And look, uh, the more people are entering into this thing, I mean, here's what I will tell you. And Adam Epstein asked me this as well. Like, are we at least to the point where Washington Commanders fans can sleep at night knowing that Dan and Tanya Snyder are not going to be involved with this organization when the new season begins this fall of 2023? And I would say absolutely 100% yes. There's no way. I don't think if if some, I still think this is going to get done, guys, before the league meetings next week. I know it kind of seems like it might not happen, but again, these these things are constantly working behind the scenes. There's a lot of progress being made that really just isn't being made, isn't being made public. And I feel like when this news starts being made public, it's going to go quick, fast, in a hurry. It's going to go from report of an agreement being made to boom, it's sold, boom. There's a vote happening, and next thing you know, hopefully, uh, Dan Snyder is in the rearview mirror. So I'm I'm still holding on to faith. I'm not I'm not holding my breath, but I'm crossing my fingers because I don't want to pass out that this deal is going to be done before or at least at the league meetings next week in Phoenix. Um, the bottom line, I'm 100% confident uh, if FanDuel had odds on it, I would put money that Dan and Tanya Snyder will not be owners of the Washington Commanders once, you know, at the time the NFL draft comes around or OTAs shortly thereafter. So it's going to happen, guys. It's coming. Uh, I know you've been waiting a long time. You've been waiting. A lot, most of you have been waiting longer uh, than I have personally covering this team. Um, but I'm confident that it's going to happen and you will be happy once that happens with really, I mean, honestly, whoever uh, takes over, right? So thanks again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast first listen or your first view of the day. That's going to wrap up today's episode. For your second view or listen, check out Locked On NFL Scouting with the draft dudes from the free agency to the draft period, salary cap management, and more. Join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you what it's through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. They have an interesting episode about training for Jonah Williams that I'm actually going to dissect and break down here on our next episode. But I'll also be back Friday with hopefully a mailbag episode. I would like to start a mailbag episode with you guys. We're going to give this a shot. I've never done it before here or on my other show, Locked On Bucks. But obviously, I need your help because I can't do a mailbag if there's no mail in the bag, right? So if you've got questions... Send them down below in the YouTube comment section or send them to me via email at lockedoncommanders at gmail.com. Again, that's lockedoncommanders at gmail.com or on Twitter, either at dharrison82 or in my DMs at dharrison82, which are open. So we'd love to do a mailbag episode. If you can get those into me, uh, just need them 
as early as Friday morning, Friday before noon Eastern time. Uh, and we'll see if we can get a mailbag episode. And if it's successful, guys, we'll do it every single week. I would love to get your questions here on the show uh, and go over some things with you. So I'm signing off for today. David Harrison, staff writer of Commander Country on Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Find me there, here, or on Twitter at dharrison82. Until we speak again, if you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and I'll see you right back here next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.